uh, to give gifts, but here's a, here's a representation, and we'll talk about these different gifts. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, and to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles, and to another, prophecy, and to another, ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by, the, by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. So the Bible is talking about gifts, spiritual gifts. These are gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to the church through us, not, not for us. They're not our gifts. They're gifts that are given to us to go through us to really be a gift of God to somebody else. So uh, you get to be God's gift to somebody else. You get to be God's gift to the church and God's gift to the world. And these are gifts of love. Every, the, the, the New Testament talks about spiritual gifts in four places. It talks about them in Romans chapter 12, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, Ephesians 4, and 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. In all of those contexts, either immediately before uh, the, there's the mention of gifts, or immediately after there's the mention of gifts, there's an exhortation to love. What does that mean? The Bible tells us that, the, that God's greatest value is love. Okay. That's God's greatest value in, the, in, in his universe, is this, is this thing called love. Uh, love is not how we tend to interpret it as romantic feelings. Love is something richer, deeper, more textured than that, and it always involves action. Uh, to, lo to love somebody involves actually doing something. It involves giving something of yourself away uh, to somebody else. And so spiritual gifts are always mentioned in the, talk, in, the, in the context of love. What does that mean? This is God's tool belt of love. This is how, at least a big way, how we love each other as a body. The Bible says, by this we'll know that we're his disciples, that we love one another. Well, how do we love one another? Well, we can, you know, tell each other, well, I love you. But, uh, you know, I, I, my wife, her, her love language is not words of affirmation. I tell her I love her all the time. I tell her she's beautiful. I tell her I love her. I tell her she's wonderful. And she's like, yeah, but there's dishes over in the sink. You know, and, and her, like I've told you this before, but her favorite line, you know, is uh, uh, no man's ever been shot pushing a vacuum cleaner. If I do an act of service, if I do something for her, that communicates love. And so uh, love is always about doing. God wants to do things for each other. He wants to do things for, for us, and he wants to use each of us to do those things. So we get, we get actually, we get involved. When you show up at, at your small group Bible study, when you show up at the Merritt's home group, when you show up at Rebecca's house on Wednesday, when you show up here on, on uh, Sunday, when men's group comes together at my house, when you show up, you are making yourself available to receive a gift from God through somebody else that he wants to gift at that time. Who knows? You may show up with Dan Merritt, and, and you, you just might get a very encouraging and accurate prophetic word. Because he does that. He does that, all right? You might bring your unchurched friend over to visit Nick, and he's just going to lead him to Jesus. Because he just likes doing that. 
There are gifts that, that begin to be extended, but you have to be there to receive them. Not only that, but then you get to be on the other part of that. When you show up, God might want to give a gift to somebody else, and you get to be the one he uses. And that's a lot of fun. One of the reasons it's important to show up is that actually makes us available for Jesus to work through us. You know, it's like showing up is 80% of life. If you show up with Jesus, it's more than 80% of life. No telling what God will do, what gift he will impart. And there are many times he'll impart gifts through you and you, don't, you won't even know it. There have been just times in my life uh, I told you this story a while back, but, uh, but I know, except for my wife, uh, who's heard all these examples 300 times, you forget them after two weeks, so I'll share this with, one with you again. But I, I was down in Southern California. I'd moved from Northern California to Southern California. I was going to seminary. I'm at Bob's Big Boy. Remember, how many of you remember Bob's Big Boy? Okay, my wife says I look like that guy. <laughs> when we first got married... I took a, how many of you remember the famous, the famous, beautiful English actress, Jacqueline Bissett? Beautiful woman. I told my wife, you look like Jacqueline Bissett. She said, you look like Big Boy. It's like, <laughs> how, is that even, how is that even fair? But actually, when I look at it, it's kind of, well, yeah, I can see it. So I'm at Bob's Big Boy with a couple friends, and we're sitting there, and, and this, this young man comes to the table, just walks up to our table and goes, Kevin? Kevin, is that you? And I recognize him. I couldn't quite place him. He's just, is that you? I said, yeah. He goes, Mike. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Mike, yeah. And I'm, my, you know, Rolodex is going in my head. Mike, yeah. You look. Round table pizza, Chico, California. Worked with Mike. Mike goes, man, I got to tell you, I'm a Christian now. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe this isn't the Mike I knew at round table pizza. Because he was like the least likely kid, you know, just... D student, stoner, just, you know, round table. Nothing, nothing wrong about working at round table pizza, but, but I, I kind of figured he'd topped out there. All right? And, uh, and he's like, I'm a Christian now. I go, wow. I go, man, that's awesome. And then he turns to my friends. He goes, this guy used to witness to me all the time. Now I'm really going, did I ever talk to Mike about Jesus? I, I, I honestly, I remember I didn't really... I mean, I didn't dislike him, but I took no special affection toward him. I didn't treat him any different than I treated anybody else. But somehow, just by showing up to work, saying a few prayers before you go, God leaked out of me, and certainly lots of other people played a part in this conversion, but he went on and on how I, you know, helped lead him to Christ. It's like, wow. Who knew? Who knew? Who knows when you say your prayers and go to work? And you know what? Not always, but you know, when I say my prayers and I go out, and, and now, now my, my, my harvest field is a lot Bremerton High School, and I go out to Bremerton High School, and I'm trying to lead these kids to Christ. And I love these kids, but they're knuckleheads too, you know? And, and, uh, but I tell you, it, not always, but oftentimes you'll get your eye on one and say, man, that's the one, that's the one, that's the one. And you start to just focus in on that one and share with that one. And the friend who's always with them, who you're really not paying attention to, has taken everything you got. It's always the last, it's, oftentimes it's the last kid you thought was going to come to Christ, receives the gift through you. 
And what a great way to live your life, to be used by God. What a great way, what a great way to invest this life. I mean, the world tells us, invest this life, have as much fun as you can, make as much money as you can, retire early, and, play, and hopefully you'll have enough health left to play golf. I've played golf. It's not that big a deal. In fact, my take on golf is it's an evil demonic sport, just because I'm lousy at it. If you're a golfer, go ahead, enjoy it, bowl, whatever you want to do. Nothing wrong with any of those things. But God didn't create you for that. God created you to represent his son Jesus on the earth and to take the goodness of the Lord into the land of the living. Spiritual gifts are, are the way we do that. That's the way the Holy Spirit works through us. So I want to talk about some gifts of utterance, gifts of, uh, gifts of wisdom and gifts of knowledge. Three things, information, knowledge, and wisdom. We have never, there has never been a time on planet Earth where information has been so abundant. You can Wikipedia anything and get 90% of the truth. Um, you can, you know, you can Google anything. Information is at our fingertips. And it's amazing. It is amazing how much information is available to us. I'm a baseball stat nerd. Baseballreference.com. I can find out anything. I can find out about a minor league player in the 1930s, you know. Find out what he hit in 1932. What his batting average was and... The, I, can, I, can, I can find out what his uniform number was and what it looked like and other useless information. And that's the problem with living in an information age. The problem with living in an information age is we confuse accumulating masses of information with two other things that are much more valuable than information, and that is knowledge and wisdom. The Bible never says to seek, not, uh, to seek information. But it does say to seek understanding, and it says wisdom is more precious than gold and silver, and to seek wisdom. And so now God says there are gifts, there are utterances of wisdom and knowledge. What wisdom is, is wisdom is rightly applied knowledge. Wisdom's kind of one step above knowledge. Here's, let's say, inf information is just, is just knowing information. Knowledge is knowing how to manipulate that information or use that information for something. Wisdom is knowing whether or not you should. Uh, information is knowing that there is, a, there, is a, there is a city on one side of the river and a city on the other side of the river. Knowledge knows how to build a bridge. Wisdom decides whether the bridge should be built or at what location. Does that make sense? Wisdom is applied knowledge. Knowledge, knowledge, by the way, knowledge in the Bible, again, we, we get this confused in our culture. We think knowledge is knowing something about something in our brains. That's not biblical knowledge. Biblical knowledge is knowing something by experience. For example, let's say I wanted to build a shed in my backyard, which I don't. Just an example. But if I wanted to build a shed in my backyard, I could, I could go online and I could read instructions on how to build a shed. Would that then make me knowledgeable? Would I then have knowledge to build a shed? No, I wouldn't. Trust me. If, if I read all that stuff online and you came to my backyard and you said, okay, Kevin, everything you read online, now build a shed, 
you would, you, would, you would soon discover, very quickly, within five minutes, the disaster that was upon you. Now, there could be another person, in fact, there's lots of you, who wouldn't have had to look at that stuff online. But when you were a little boy, you used to build sheds with your dad. And you knew how to measure things and how to put things together and how to pour concrete and how it was supposed to look and how to, how to, how to smooth it all out and how to, how to put the foundation down and how to put that shed up and how to make sure it didn't leak and all those things. And you, you, you didn't have to read anything online. Why? Because your hands had done it. They had experienced it. They knew what it was like that to build a shed. That's knowledge. I mean, look at, look at it. Not in the Bible. The, the best example of the Bible is Adam knew his wife. Okay, we all know what that means, right? It wasn't like, hey, Eve's 5'2". No, that's not what it meant. It meant that they had relations. They knew each other intimately. Knowledge is about experience. It's, it's about experiencing the information you have in ways that lead to understanding. All right. Uh, wisdom, then, is one step above knowledge in that wisdom tells you when to... See, I got the information on the shed. Maybe I do have the knowledge to build a shed, but wisdom says, do you want to build a shed? Because if you do, without getting permission from the homeowners association where I leave where I live, the house police are going to come to your door. You know, that shed is visible from the street, and you, couldn't, you can't paint it hot pink in our neighborhood. Well, it's my property. No, you signed a piece of paper, right? Wisdom will tell you whether or not to, to build a shed. Biblically, wisdom is rightly applied knowledge. Knowledge is, un, is, is, under, is an understanding of the information and knowing it by experience. There's a couple different views about how these gifts then operate in the church. Uh, and I think, I think actually both can be true. But one of, one of the views uh, kind of comes from, from folks who, who are a little more cautious about supernatural stuff. And they say, well, wisdom and knowledge is what's, is what's happening now. That you pray that those who teach and preach the Bible will get wisdom and knowledge. And so uh, when they preach, they don't just give you Bible information, right? They know some background stuff. They can say, and, 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 and I know Josh loves this when preachers say, you know, the Greek says, of course, he'll go, he'll go home and check you out. Uh, so people want, and people think, well, that's the utterance of knowledge. And the utterance of wisdom is when the preacher says something really good. That actually, actually one out of those, you know, 12 times you go to church, it actually applies to your life. And so that's the gift, and you pray, and you can pray that preachers and teachers would have utterances of knowledge and wisdom. And that actually is true. That's actually a very helpful thing. I mean, goodness, why would you come here and listen to me yammer on and on and on if it wasn't helpful? If it wasn't practical? I mean, you know, unless you're, unless, thank you. Unless, you know, you grew up like I did and thought, you know, just you had to, you had to suffer, that the whole point of going to church was to suffer through a boring sermon and somehow that earned you brownie points with God. No, that's not how it works. Hopefully it's helpful to you. And so, one view is that it's inspired teaching or, or um, highly applicable. And I think that's actually true. I think God does do that. He, I think he does give teachers knowledge and sometimes wisdom. 
Have you ever had the experience of going to a church service and, the, and as a guy started preaching, it was like he was reading your mail or your email? All right? And you're like, no way. No way. Everything I was thinking about this week is being talked about. Anybody? I, I see heads nodding, but isn't that a pretty... Right? Everything... All right? That is, that is God applying wisdom. Because I guarantee you, those of us who preach, we do not stalk your Facebook and, and, and try to hack your emails so we can give really insightful sermons. In fact, I've had people come up and tell me, remember that one sermon where you said blah, 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 blah? And I'm going, mm. and, I, and, and in my mind, I'm going, no. But I, I typically, confession time, I typically go, yeah, yeah. Man, that was right on, man. That really, okay. And they walk away and go, did I ever really say that? That's God. And that's wisdom. That's wisdom. The other place, I've been at, I've been at church meetings. Nothing more scary. I've been at church meetings and people have been debating a point. I remember when we started a Living Hope Christian Fellowship in Oakdale, California, and I'd left a mainline denomination and we had this leadership team and we had felt kind of burnt by that denomination and our leadership team wanted to be independent. They didn't want to associate with any other group. We just want to be our own little independent church. And I had met my, this guy by the name of Dallas Elder with this group of people called Grace Covenant and I really liked Dallas and and I really felt like I wanted to be a part of a group. And uh, I really felt like I needed, as I pastored a church, I felt like I needed pastoring. And so we were talking about it, and, and I wasn't going to buck the leadership team, and they were really swaying toward, no way, man, just... Because, you know, Grace Covenant wanted us, to, wanted us to give them money to be a part of their group. And they're like, oh, what, what do we get for that money? You know, nice church meetings. What do we get for that money? I don't know. And it was really swaying toward, we're not going to hook up with this group. And then there was, there was there's a man in the group who was actually ended up being the, the head of our board. His name was John Morgan. John Morgan was quiet. John Morgan was quiet, but, um, but he was one of those guys, whenever he did say something, you listened because God had given him gifts of wisdom. And, and John Morgan would only basically talk about two things. He would talk about what his wife told him to say at the meeting, he would have a list. Okay, here's what Kathy wants brought up at the meeting. Or he would give an utterance of wisdom. And so we're all talking, we're all debating this, and, and it's getting a little heated. It's not hot, but it's getting a little like, you know, like people are starting to argue about this and feelings are getting in there. And John Morgan kind of goes, well, I heard my pastor say he needs a pastor. Room got quiet, and he goes, that's good enough for me. And the Holy Spirit came into the room, and it settled it. And, it. and it settled it in such a great... Nobody was like, okay, we give. John. It was like, it was kind of like just this kind of aha set into the room. Aha. Aha. And it settled it. And so those are gifts of wisdom. Another, another way of, of gifts of wisdom and knowledge is just kind of where you get inside information. Uh, people call this a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. I used to, Nick, I used to do prison ministry, and I was out the uh, Tulare County Jail, and, and, we, and they had, the guys would have a general meeting room, they'd have their cells, and then a general meeting room, and then they had a smaller meeting room, 
and they let us do a Bible study in the smaller meeting room. And so we're sitting around a table doing a Bible study, and I've got about six guys in the room. And as we're praying to start the Bible study, we're studying the book of Romans, this, this thought just kind of hits my head, right ankle, right foot. Every time this happens, I have an argument with the voice in my head. Oh, that's not God. I'm just making that up. I don't get, you know, James Earl Jones' voice doesn't come into my head. Kevin, this is God. It just, it just repeats, right ankle, right foot. Okay. And I say, well, I'm not going to say anything because I don't even know what that means, and these guys don't know what it means. So I just continue praying. But, but it gets harder to pray, right, because the voice starts to get just kind of persistent, right ankle, right foot. You know, and Lord bless our Bible study, to right ankle, right foot. Amen. Right ankle, right foot. So I give. I say, hey, anybody here in this room got a problem with their right ankle or right foot? We go around the circle. Nope, 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 nope. All those guys are fine. And, you know, I don't know these guys really well. It's about my third time there. And, you know, they, guys come in and out. It's not always the same guys. So they're looking at me kind of weird, like, what does that have to do with the Bible study? And I'm, and I'm, so I'm not, you ever been in one of those awkward moments where you're trying to make a transition? So I'm trying to, okay, oh, well, okay, let's open up to Romans. And uh, they're kind of looking at me. And as they're looking at me, the door opens from the common meeting room, and a guy walks in like this. Dragging his right leg with the, with the foot turned out like this. Now these guys who just five seconds ago were looking at me like, are now looking at me like, dude. <laughs> so I asked the guy, I say, uh, I say, hey, glad you came into Bible study. Why'd you come in? He goes, because I don't know, I was just out there and I felt like I needed to come in here. I go, okay, that's awesome. I said, uh, I notice your legs kind of hurt. He says, what happened? He says, before I was arrested, I was in a motorcycle accident and I crushed the bones in my right ankle and right foot. So I have him sit in a chair. I'd just been to like this healing seminar where I saw legs grow. And, you know, I was kind of cynical, but it's like, well, you know. They'd have these people hold their legs out. And so I had this guy, he held his legs out, and it was turned like this. And sure enough, his right leg was about an inch and a half shorter than his left. And, uh, and I'm going to pray for it, right? I turn to the guys behind me and say, I'm going to pray for God to heal his right ankle and right foot. And as I say those words, I turn around and I see this. Yeah. It didn't come all the way straight. It would have made a better story if it would have. But it was about, it was about 85 degrees and it came up to about 40 degrees. And, it, and, and the thing grew in front of me. That's called a word of knowledge. That's a word of knowledge where you get information so that God can do something. Uh, I get those words of knowledge now. I don't get words anymore. I used to get words. Now I get pains in my body where I didn't hurt before. The older I get, the more difficult this is to discern. Because, because now it's like, ah, my back hurts. Yeah, well, your back always hurts. You know, it's like, listen, young'uns, you're going to get there. The older you get, the more courage it takes to live. That's the truth. All right, so I, I, but, but every once in a while I'll walk into a meeting and all of a sudden my left shoulder will start hurting. And time and time again I'll say, anybody here got pain in their left shoulder? And somebody, yeah, I've got pain in my left shoulder. And we'll, we'll begin to 
we'll begin to pray for it. And, uh, and God wants to, those are words of knowledge. God, God wants to reveal so that he can heal. That's what words of knowledge, that's, that's how that works. God gives you inside information. And then words of wisdom are inside information so that God can do something extraordinary, uh, deeper than a word of knowledge. That he can move a church forward or move a person forward. Uh, we had a family in our church, and uh, this mother and daughter came to our church on a regular basis. And it was amazing. If you've ever seen anybody transformed by renewal, these two ladies were transformed by renewal. When they, when they, when they would come to our church, they would come up to me for prayer every Sunday. And, uh, and this, nobody here does this, but there are people who come up to you for prayer who are just wet blankets. You know, they're just every week. How can I pray for you? And just they begin with the list. Oh, my sister's an alcoholic, and my husband isn't nice to me, and I can't pay my bill. And it's like a country music song, you know? It's like, it just gets worse and worse. And, uh, and by the time they're done giving you their list of woes, you have about this much faith to pray. It's like, well, okay, maybe God can do something here. I don't know, it sounds pretty bad. You know, now sometimes when people come up to me and I say, what can I pray for? And they go, oh, so much. Here's what I'll say. If you've done this to me, you've probably heard me say this. Tell me the most pressing. Because if you tell me the whole list of 24, you're going to wipe me out as long, uh, along with you, and I'll be no help praying for you. Anyway, these two ladies got hit by the Holy Spirit in wonderful ways, and they, they were both transformed into joyful, the cloud lifted over their heads. Their situations didn't necessarily change. The sister was still an alcoholic. The husband still wasn't nice to her, but it didn't matter anymore because she had experienced this refreshing from God and the daughter, the same thing. So I was on a mission trip with these two ladies, and they have three, the three men in their family were all backslidden Christians and all left the Lord. And at this mission trip, the Lord gives me a word for these ladies. And the word is this, the men in your family are going to come back to the Lord starting with Jimmy. Starting with Jimmy. That's a word of knowledge. Here's the word of wisdom. About three months later, we're in church, and, we're, and I'm preaching just like this. And Jimmy showed up in church that morning with his mom and his sister. And they're sitting in the balcony, sitting right up there in the balcony. And I'm just preaching on and on and on. And, and uh, I don't, God was, was not that impressed with what I was saying because he just rudely interrupted me. As I'm preaching, this little thought goes through my head. Today is Jimmy's day. Okay, great, you know, good. I don't even know what that means. Point three of the sermon Today is Jimmy's day. Okay. I'm trying to talk, and God's talking to me. And so I take this pause. He says, call Jimmy out. I say, okay, Lord, when I finish my sermon, I'll call Jimmy out. And I start preaching. He says, no, call Jimmy out. Well, it's right in the middle of the sermon. But now, you know, I don't, I don't typically have notes and stuff, and now I'm just so befuddled. I'm just like, and people are kind of looking at me because I'm stuck. I don't even remember what I'm going to preach next. Just call Jimmy out. And I said, can't I do this after the sermon? <laughs> can't I just go up to him? He says, sure. Sermon's over. Call Jimmy out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so I just kind of stop, and I, I, say, I, I look at the congregation, and I say, I'm sorry, uh, but there's something I really feel like I need to do right now. And I look up, and I go, Jimmy, the Lord says today is your day. And he was kind of a subdued guy. His hands went up, and he goes, Yes, it is! And he runs down to the altar, and we pray for him, and he gives his life back to the Christ, and, and, uh, and it was just a great thing. 
It was a great thing. All right? That's, that's, that's wisdom. Not my wisdom, but it was God's wisdom. Applied. Okay, the knowledge is that he's leading Jimmy, Jimmy to the Lord, but, but the wisdom is in the timing, isn't it? The wisdom is in the timing. How many times have you felt like telling somebody something? And you even felt like maybe God had, you to, had something to tell for some, to somebody. And you've blown it. Why? Because you didn't ask for wisdom regards to the timing. You didn't ask for wisdom regards to the timing. There are times when people will hear something from you. And there are other times, right, when you'll get yourself in a whole big mess. And uh, sometimes I'll get knowledge about somebody or some situation and I've learned, because I've, I've gotten myself in a whole big mess, I've learned to say, Lord, do you want me to say something about that? Do you want me to say something about that? And if God can give you the knowledge, he can give you a yes or no. And I double-check that. I pray through it a couple times. Um, and that's wisdom. Wisdom is how to apply the knowledge you have. And God will give the church and you utterances of wisdom and words of knowledge. And so uh, I've got, I don't want to, the, it's kind of like a, this is about a three-fourths of a sermon for the Firehouse Church. But if I start into faith and healing and miracles, we're going to do two and a half sermons. And so I'm going I'm to leave that for next week. Turn to somebody next to you and say, we got off easy this morning. Or do you want more? Oh, oh, look at you sports fans. All right, here's what we're going to do. Stand up. This is my, this is my, this is my big desire. And this is, this, is, this, is, this is the heart of our church. We just said it. By our definition of knowledge, I think, I could be wrong because I don't go to other churches on Sunday, so I don't know what, what's happening in other churches on Sunday. But, but I think from my past experience and from what I learned in seminary, I think in the West, North America, Europe, I think there's a big, I think there's a big emphasis on accumulating information and mistaking that for knowledge. I think we come to church and we want to learn stuff about God. But I think when we come and gather together, God wants to move in us and through us. How many of us theologically, how many of us believe that God is always present? Okay, but how many of us always experience his presence? Yeah, we get busy. And isn't it a tragedy that when we come to a house of worship, we don't anticipate or expect to experience his presence? We just expect to hear some guy talk about him and go home with more information in our heads. That's not what we're about here. We're about that definition of knowledge that means knowledge through experience. And so I want to pray right now that God would release among us right here his gifts for one another. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom. We're going to talk about other gifts as we go on, but gifts of healing gifts of prophecy, that God would love, that we would love each other in this room, that God would love us in this room through one another.
This might not be the best setting, but let's just, let's just ask. Holy Spirit, I mean, home groups are better maybe or whatever, but, but God can do it right here, right now. Holy Spirit, would you release in this room any gifts that you want to give to the people here through the people here? And then give us the boldness to step out in faith. By the way, you can make mistakes here. If you think God is saying something and you say it and nobody responds, we will not roll our eyes, click our tongues, shun you, beat you, correct you, condemn you. We'll go, nice try. Way to go. You know how to pray for people to get well? You actually have to pray for people to get well and risk failure. I have seen incredible healings in my life, and then I've prayed for dear friends that I've buried. And I, th I think, why did I even pray? For because if you don't try with one, you won't try with the other. You just got to go for it. And so, Lord, give us the freedom to make mistakes. But release among us, Lord, your gifts to move through this place. And if the Lord gives you a word of encouragement, a prophetic word for encouragement, just raise your hand. I'll call on you. You can share it. If the Lord gives you a word of knowledge, uh, share that. If you think somebody here has got a bad back or something and needs prayer, just share that. Release your gifts, Lord. I think the Lord's giving you, Dan, a prophetic word of encouragement onto just what I just said. Is that true? Amen. Yeah. Just share that. Amen. Amen. I had a, I had a uh, encouragement. I feel encouragement for uh, for Michael and Gretchen. So, I just felt like, uh, you know, it's funny. I, <laughs> so this is this. We'll 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 tag team. This is a teaching moment, as well. So, uh, I really felt strong that God wanted to encourage both of you. What's awesome is I don't I don't have the word right now, and so but. I want to, so the teaching moment is, sometimes you'll get that. You'll get the unction to share. You'll get the unction to, so some, something's got, some, the Lord has something for someone, and uh, the Lord says, you're going to be the one to give it, but you don't have it yet. And sometimes the Lord just says, open your mouth. Just open your mouth. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to, I'm going to open my mouth, and we'll see what happens. And so the other thing is, uh, I think other people may have an encouragement for you guys as well. So that's why I'm making it public, and I didn't go up to, didn't go up to you afterwards. So, amen. Father, I just thank you for Michael and Gretchen. I thank you for the decisions that they're making and the directions that you have for their life, God. Lord, that the things that you've brought before them and the decisions that they make, Lord, Father, that you would give them clear wisdom, give them clear understanding, Father, of what you have for them, Father. And Lord, that, uh, that truly your word, Father, would flow out of them. And so, Michael, I saw that you have a, and obviously, we've seen that you've spoke, have been able to preach the word of God, and you've been able to speak and to preach. And what I kind of saw was that in this season of your life, God was going to shift you into um, kind of more prophetic wisdom 
and it was going to be a little bit more subtle than standing in front of a congregation and like preaching the gospel or even preaching prophetically. It was, it was you going up to people and you've got this great smile on your face. And so that must be from Jill's side of the family or something <laughs> like that. But you've got this great smile. I just see you coming up along, along other guys and, uh, and just you come up and you just, and you smile and then God gives you wisdom right there, right there right there, and that you're able to come up beside them and speak, and they won't even know what hit them, and they'll come, they'll call you in a week and say, hey, you know, you remember what you shared? Remember what you shared with me? And I see this almost, I don't want to call it a side ministry, because I don't want to, I don't want to downplay that, but it's like, it's maybe, a, it's this realm of the prophetic of you walking into and, you being, and it's going to open up other uh, doors of relationship that are also in ministry. But it's like in this season, it's just going to be, it's going to be because you really love these people. God's going to give you real love for these people. And you're going to share out of this love. And it's going to really minister. Amen? Amen. Amen. Somebody else? Yes, Sandy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to have, I'm going to pass this around so it'll get on the tape. Start over. <laughs> I felt the Lord also saying that someone else here is discouraged and he wants to bring you encouragement today. He wants to bring you life where there's death, health where there's disease. He wants every cell in your body to rise up and duplicate every healthy cell and any area in your body that has been so sick and pulling your life down. We tell those unhealthy cells to go to the feet of Jesus. Where there is, we declare hope where there is hopelessness. We declare joy where there's been depression. And we just declare life over you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. Anybody, anybody got pain, pain in their right knee, an injury or pain in their right knee? All right. Ben, would you pray for Nick? For his right knee. And he was trouncing up and down the stairs this morning. Amen. Amen. Father, we just speak life right now over Nick's knee. All the way through it right now. Come, come Holy Spirit. Come right now. Right now, more, more. Yes, Lord. Complete restoration, every ligament, every tendon. Blood flow, we just speak life health and strength in the name of Jesus. Yes. Complete, complete, complete Jesus' name. Amen. All right, all the way, Lord, all the way. Better? All the way to 100%. All the way to 100% right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. blood to his foot, Father. He was saved this year from having his leg cut off. So, Father, we ask that you remove those dents and you put the dents from heaven into his leg. We call down new blood vessels to flow to that foot that it would be healthy in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Amen. Can I give one more? Yeah, absolutely. Or two. Thank you. Amen. Uh, so for Gretchen, um, I I felt uh, I just felt the heart of the like your heart for your family, and I don't know your family at all, you know, but I just felt. Um, I just felt your heart toward your family and God working in your family. And so just things that, you know, and all of us are like that, where we have our, you know, extended family and just the issues of that. And you're kind of like, you know, Lord, that would be so great if, Lord, that would be so wonderful if. And I just feel the Lord looking at you going, yeah, I would. Like the Lord's agreeing with your, you know, Lord, it would be really great if. And I just feel the heart of the Lord saying, yeah. Yeah, let's pray. Let's, I, think, I think I can get into that one. That's what I feel as the Lord saying, you know, I think I can get into that one. And so just the things that you're, you know, just because all, all of our families, we love our families, but we may not be like totally right there. And, but we still have concern for them. And so I just felt like, like the Lord backing up your concern for your family, if that makes any sense. And so then I also felt like there's, a, there's an anointing for us to do that in general. So I feel that with our families here. And so what are our concerns with our families? What are the things in our families that we're like, Lord, you know, it would really be great if. And uh, let's get behind that and encourage one another in that. You know, and all of us, you know, and, and, and we, you know, we're getting to the point where we can, we can come up and say, hey, no, pray for my brother. Or, hey, pray for my mom. You know, you guys were really good. You guys prayed for my mom. Um, when she went into a nursing home. And the Lord's really, you know, that, that all that is as smooth as it could go. You know, I'm really thankful. And so, you know, I think we're getting into the place and say, hey, you know, pray for my brother. So you can literally pray for my literal brother. So how many have wayward family members? Am I the only one with wayward family members? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so uh, my brother is planning to move out here and to be closer to me. And I, I covet prayer for that. We have not historically gotten along. And so, but I feel, the, it's like, you know, Lord, wouldn't it be great if, that's where I am with my brother. Lord, wouldn't it be great if? Amen. And so I'm, let's, let's do that for our, you know, for, for us and our families. You know, we come to church and sometimes it's like, it's just about us. But when you walk through the door, you bring your family with you. You bring all your, those relationships you care about. And I want to see Stevens, you know, not just his immediate family, but all his brothers. You know, it would be great. He comes up, he says, you know what, I was praying for my brother, and man, this would happen. Let's be that kind of encouraging. So let's do that right now. Wouldn't it, think of your family members, and now answer this question. Wouldn't it be great if? Wouldn't it be great if? And now just agree with the person next to you. Say, wouldn't it be, whatever your wouldn't it be great if, I just speak that into your family. Wouldn't it be great if? Wouldn't it be great if? Thank you, Jesus. If you need any more prayer this morning, we are here for you. I'll be down under the exit sign, and I can pray for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you.
The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. As always, uh, we've got to take down, we've got to get out of uh, this theater, theater number 10, and the nursery, the party room in the back. If you can help us uh, break down and take some stuff upstairs, man, that would be great. We'd appreciate it. Uh, if you can't, that's all right. We don't keep score, you know. Um, it's not like I'll pray for the people more who help. But, you know, I see them more. Oh, never mind. Anyway, God bless. If you need prayer, we'll be down here. The Lord bless you this morning. Amen.